In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Darkness has descended upon the city, and the creatures of the night have begun to stir. This is the time when the veil between the realms of the living and the dead is the thinnest, and all that is is not what it appears to be. Like a lone sentinel, one candle flickers in the night, revealing all that lurks in the darkness. This is Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows. Welcome to the Nightmare. Uh, it does. It does. It does explain a lot. 
And uh, Kelly, Kelly, of course, uh, works. Um, she does. Uh, she's a Salem witch, but she does tarot readings as well. And if somebody wanted a tarot reading, where could they get one from you, Kelly? Well, I do more than tarot readings. I, I do clairvoyance and mediumship, and pretty much everything I do. Um, and they can go to kellystangler.com and set up mm-hmm. an appointment. They can pay right on PayPal um, and set up a reading, and they can either come see me by contacting me on, on the website or have a phone reading or a Skype reading. Really? Yes. And uh, are you... Uh available uh, at Hexit Hall, I believe, at Omen. Do you still do readings there? Um, I do Omen on the weekends in October only, and I'm going to be working 10 to 8, Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And then after after 8, I'm available by contacting me on my website. Okay, there you on go. Saturday, except for the 20th, because I won't be there. <laughs> there you go. And um, do you... Uh, the, I'm trying to do a couple of things at once, of course, as naturally. Uh, but anyways, because um, I'm Pisces and we all know we have <laughs> problems. <laughs> but and anyways, um, you also have your own paranormal group as well. Yes, Salem Spirit Seekers of Massachusetts. Okay, and do you, have a, do you have a website for that? Yep, it's SalemSpiritSeekers.com. And... Uh, we here to help, so if anybody's interested, give us a, give us a shout. Okay. We, we mainly work in in our area. You know, we don't tr- we try not to go too far, but we have done some cases. You know, down the South Shore and in Rhode Island, but mainly we like to keep it up north. In this area. Okay. All right, yeah. and uh, evidently uh, we are also waiting for. Uh, our guest too, which is uh, Terry. Yeah. Terry. Terry. Um, who is that? Terry. <laughs> Terry Lowell. Yeah. Terry yeah. Lowell, who was who was uh, on Wood Island for uh, back in the eighties. But anyways, so um, anyways, we just returned from our expedition to Wood Island. I've been there. I think this is my fifth time. I believe in. Karen was with us as well, right, Karen? I was. That was my first time there. And so as a first impression, what did you think of the place? I thought it was amazing. It was beautiful, but then it still had that really creepy horror story backdrop at night, mm-hmm. and it was it was an amazing setting. Right. And the interesting thing about it, Kelly, is that we had to come in by basically a landing craft where the, the, the front of the boat comes down and land on a ramp on one side of the island. And we had to haul all our stuff across the entire island to the other side where the lighthouse was. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, the lighthouse is being, uh, um, what's the word, preserved. Renovated. Uh, renovated is even a better word. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> And, and part of the thing that we did, we, we did tours and stuff, which raised some money for uh, them as well. So I see in the uh, stacks right now, we now have uh, uh, Terry Lowell. Terry, with us. Hello. Terry. Hey, Terry. And Hi, Karen. Guys. Carrie knows Terry, of course, because Karen was with us. Uh, I mean, Terry was with us with Karen and I this weekend on there. And Terry, you were uh, you were on the island as a light. 
uh, lighthouse keeper's wife back in the 80s. Uh, what, what years? Uh, 79 to 82. 79 to 82. Yes. And uh, you were also there for our first investigation on uh, Wood Island 2 as well, right? Right, in fall of 2005. Wow. So all the way back then? <laughs> yes. It was the same time as uh, Katrina hit. Which, which is interesting because we had a major storm hit uh, Saturday night as well, didn't we? Oh, it was blowing. It really was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyways, uh, Kelly, you can, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that you'll ask some questions as being independent because, to me, I know a lot of the stuff and, uh, you know, I, I might overlook something. But uh, Terry was actually... Uh, uh, as I mentioned, three years on the island, and it, it was quite the life. It, they were on there for uh, weeks on end at times. Oh, how yeah. Did they, well, as, as it's just a lighthouse, so how do you, you have to, like, bring weeks' worth of, of, I'm sure, food and all that. Is that right? Oh, yes, yeah. Um, you know, we'd go ashore. We'd watch the weather for, you know, flat seas and, um, you know, just go and get maybe a month's worth of food at a time. So it was quite the ordeal. So what, what, what actually goes on at the lighthouse um, as far as like, hauntings? Um, well, actually, I uh, bumped into a spirit one evening um, in one of the bedrooms, you know, as if I had backed into anyone um, and turned around and there was no one there. So that was you know, I wasn't freaked out or anything. It was uh, a very interesting experience. Now, one thing I was wondering, too, is that, you know, I've never actually got to investigate a lighthouse. So there's got to be some sort of history that that brings on a haunting uh, to, to a lighthouse that's in the middle of, of the water. Yeah, there's been a lot of history out there, you know, with um, the transient you know, people coming in to, to be the lighthouse keepers. And so there's been a lot of people that have been lived on the island. And um, I understand that, you know, spirits travel, too. So we'll ha- we have spirits on the island that did not necessarily live there. Right. That's pretty cool, though. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. I, wanted, I definitely would love to come out and, and check that out for sure. Well, the, interest, the interesting thing about it, Kelly, is is that the people that are, are, reno, are renovating the lighthouse and everything are really aren't too uh, interested in having people go out and do paranormal investigating. Their their main focus, of course, is is um, uh, the re- restoration of it. So, I mean, we've been extremely lucky, and and the only reason that we I think that we are allowed at all is is that we have uh, helped them. Uh, through the years and raised a, a, quite a considerable amount of money in, in their restoration work. Right. It's brought, it's brought attention to our cause. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, uh, one thing I, I did want to mention, and, and Karen, I mean, it, it, when you first arrived at that mountain, the island, and as we walked towards the lighthouse and we walked along the boulevard, as I called it, actually, it's a boardwalk <laughs> that runs runs the entire length of the island. I mean, you you were quite affected by some of that sections of the boulevard, if I, re- I remember. Oh, yes. Um, there was one section where I think he would stop, 
and the energy felt like I was just like kind of walking through mud at that point. And then standing there without being able to kind of get away from it, and because it was a boardwalk, I was getting really lightheaded, and I would almost block out, so I'd have to kind of just kneel down because I was afraid I was going to fall off. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I understand now that we're back on Pararex right now. We had a little bit of problem getting on the uh, server. But anyways, you listen to Ghost Chronicles, uh, Special Edition, Book of Shadows. And uh, my co-host for the evening is Salem Witch Kelly Spangler, who was on the Ghost Adventures show. And also joining us is uh, Paranormal Investigator Karen Ruck and uh, Lighthouse Keeper Terry Low, and I keep calling you Terry Russell <laughs> after, after your husband Russ. Uh, right. But and we, we are talking about our investigation of Wood Island Lighthouse in uh, Bitterfield Pool, Maine, this past weekend, which was uh, really interesting. And and Terry, uh, why don't you? I mean, you, you talked a little bit about running into the ghost, but I mean, there were other things that happened there on the island during your uh, stay there as well, wasn't there? Oh, yes. There were lots of little pranks, I would say. Um, there, We had a grease pencil that we used to write on a board to do our weather observations, and um, the spirits would evidently use that marker. They'd make marks in the stairwell higher than we, we could reach to clean them off. And I found out uh, later, my husband said that he found the missing grease pencils up in the attic. Um, so, you know, they were just little pranks. You know, we never felt threatened. Or um, there, there was also, we had a calculator on the office desk, and it got to the point where we were noticing it was on in the morning. So in the evening before we went to bed, we'd both look at it and confirm it was off, and it would be on in the morning. So after that, you know, we started putting it in the drawer. <laughs> 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 You know, it's funny you mentioned the attic because, uh, you know, it, it does have a um, an interesting history to it. Uh, when I first, the first time I ever went to the uh, the island, Wood Island, was uh, with a, uh, a psychic medium from y- your area, Terry, and that was uh, Vicki Monroe. Oh, yeah. You you know Mickey, Vicki, right? I've heard of her. I've never yeah. met her. Yeah, and uh, we were we went together, and she went up in the attic, and she said there there is activity up there. And uh, ever since we've gone on gone on the island, we've always had something go on it. I mean, the first time we went there, we definitely uh, caught uh, these green lights that were like zipping about in the attic, which was really interesting. You could visually see them as well. And, and Karen, you, you you went up in the attic. You did a uh, vigil in an EVP session with Jim and uh, Leslie Martin, who was there as well. And uh, uh, I forget else who else was there. I think there was a couple other people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did, did anything happen? David. David, right. I mean, I wasn't there, so did, did anything happen during that session? Um, I think Jim was able to capture something, but he didn't have time to really put it through the computer. And mm-hmm. we were asking questions, and when he did, you know, the quick quake playback, it sounded as if something was caught. And then Leslie was taking a few photos and kind of thought she had maybe like a little misty thing going on in the far corner of the attic. Right. It, it does, like I said, it does have an interesting feel, and, and I never knew that the the, uh, the grease pencils were actually found there. So that's 
that's uh, kind of like an additional piece that mm. I was not aware about. One of the coolest things, Kelly, I think you, uh, you and I don't believe you heard about this, was that uh, I forget when the last event we did at the uh, it was a ghost hunting tour thing. Um, we did an overnight event, and uh, Sherry, who was one of the members of uh, Wood Island's uh, board of directors, and I was sitting on a on the uh, picnic table, which was in one of the other rooms, not where it was uh, this time. And I looked up. And this was Saturday morning, and I looked up and I saw a dog go across the the door. And you know, when the dog goes across uh, tile, you hear that you know the nails on the tile. It has a distinctive sound. And, uh, but there was no sound at all. And so I got up immediately and ran out, and I looked around, and, and there was no dog in the house at all, and none of the doors were open or anything. Um, so I came back, and I, and I told Sherry what I saw, and she says, well, can you describe the dog? And I did as best to it as I could. And she says, you know, that very much looks like one of the dogs that was left on the island by one of the lighthouse keepers. He, he didn't want to go in the boat, so he stayed there and eventually died there. And oh, wow. um, Terry, you're, you're familiar with this dog, right? Right, Kelly. If you were um, fortunate enough to have duty out on the lighthouse, you also took care of Kelly. <laughs> so he came with the lighthouse? That's right. <laughs> so it, it, isn't that interesting that, you know, here I, I did not know any, I mean, I can't get, you know, say that, okay, this was the dog, but the description definitely matched uh, the dog. Well, that that, that, was there was it. no other dogs on the island, correct? Well, well there, have been a, right, there have been other dogs over the years. But Kelly but, is probably one of the only ones, if maybe the only one, that passed away out there. Oh. And this this time when I went up to the island, they have uh, pictures of some of the pets up there. And, and lo and behold, the dog I saw uh, matched, you know, I saw the picture. And it was very, pretty much the same description as it was in the picture. So I thought that was kind of neat for uh, somebody who doesn't profess to be psychic at all. <laughs> You've been having a lot of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but anyway. nope, you're going to become a believer, Ron. Don't worry. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not that I'm not a believer. And it, it really isn't. I mean, I know this stuff exists, but every time I go out, I, I tend not to uh, take everything for face value. I always look a little deeper and, you know, uh, I, I, I want to know more about it than, you know, than just uh, think, but I, I know that spirits exist in my heart, but can I prove it? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelly, I think it's the same with you as, as a paranormal investigator, the same with you, Karen. You really can't prove what you see or what you feel or what you, um, you know, sense, can you, either use? Well, no, I mean, it's only exactly what you just said. It's what you you feel, what you see. I mean, yeah, we capture stuff on film, but is it? But is that what we're seeing? You know. Um, so that's actually a really good question to ask someone. You know, uh, do, do you believe in what you do? I, I do. Do I believe in what I see? I do. But do I question it? Absolutely. Always question it. Mm-hmm. And you know, on Ghost Chronicles International, which uh, airs on Tuesdays, we brought up the uh, the question that. Uh, do beliefs uh, actually affect your work as a paranormal investigator? 
so I mean, if you go in as a total, you don't believe it all, then those are the way you're looking at things. You're looking at they don't exist. Whereas you go in believing uh, that spirits do exist, you look at it at that in that realm. And if, for instance, if you go in as a born again Christian and you believe there are no such thing as ghosts, only demons, and you go in and looking as that thing. But all the evidence, whatever evidence is collected, whether it be EVPs or uh, you know readings or whatever it is, it you could probably look at that, and that isn't as slanted as much as your beliefs are. Right. Yeah, I believe I, I believe in that as far as whatever it's it's it is in whatever you believe. It definitely is, you know. Because um, I know I know a lot, you know if there are some uh, Christians that you know that would believe that you know it, it's demonic automatically. No matter if it's a, 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 a spirit that isn't can harm you, it's demons. You know, um, or if you have you know non-believers, skeptics that'll go in and, and just disbelieve every single thing that's even if it's in front of their face. Right. You know, um, me as a witch and also as, you know, I'm spiritual. So I go in as a believer, but I also go in as a, as a skeptic as well. So I have to really, really be convinced in order for me to believe that what I'm seeing is real. Right. I mean, you don't have to be told that spirits exist. You know they exist. But yet right. you still, whatever you collect, you ought to make sure that you're not being mistaken or deceived in, in any way. Absolutely. Right. So, uh, Terry, one thing I did want to mention is uh, while you were on the island, you actually, uh, you and your husband, Russ, used to do the Ouija board as well, I understand. That's right. <laughs> So you you want to tell me a little bit about your experiences uh, with the Ouija board on the island? Well, I think one of the most um, uh, interesting sessions we had on the Ouija board was, uh, you know, we noticed the dogs were barking at at something that, you know, we didn't understand. And, uh, you know, my husband just sort of had a feeling that, you know, we should get out the Ouija board. So we got on the Ouija board and asked if there was anyone there who would wanted to speak with us. And uh, we started to get activity, and we asked who their name was, and he identified himself as Peter. And him and his crewmates were from a ship that had wrecked off the coast, and um, him and the crew were not allowed to return to the ship, but every evening the captain would, and we asked Peter what the captain's name was, and the Ouija board spelled out Sir Jovo, S-I-R-J-O-V-O, and, um, you know, how does somebody make that up? So that was something that really shocked us, that we were able to get something like that off of the Ouija board. And the interesting thing, too, about it was uh, on our first investigation, uh, there was an incident with Maureen that kind of, uh, you know, kind of went with this, I guess you would say. Your experience, right. Do you remember what that was? Right. Um, I didn't hear it, but one of the other people who was sleeping beside Maureen heard Maureen say in the middle of the night, Peter, leave me alone, because uh, a lot of the spirits were trying to communicate with Maureen, and she was really tired trying to get some sleep. And we were all told not to say anything to Maureen about any of the stories we had, so it wouldn't um, lead her on, you know, give her any preconceived notions as to what uh, uh, some of the experiences were out there. Mm-hmm. 
So, anyways, I know we're coming up uh, just about on the halftime. So, uh, Terry, uh, anything you want to add in, in, in any about any experiences there at the uh, Wood Island Lighthouse? Um, well, um, you know, the the creepiest part of the whole lighthouse for me was the area at the end of the passageway right before the tower. I just always felt like someone was, you know, peering over my shoulder, you know, looking and, um, you know, just that there was always a presence there, maybe curious about us and and what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And are you a member of FOWL? I, I just can't remember. Um, yeah, honorary member. <laughs> honorary member, okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so, I mean, you have seen the work that they have done in restoring this oh. uh, lighthouse. and It's phenomenal, the work that's been done out there. I'm, I'm so impressed with, uh, you know, the, the progress that's been made. Right, I mean, they just re, uh, redid the whole porch and everything else. So anyways, uh, we have to take a break. So, Terry, I want to say goodbye to you. We want to thank you so much for joining us and, and contributing uh, your experiences as the Lighthouse Keeper, his wife. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. And thank hopefully you, we'll see you again. All right, thank you. Yeah. Bye, Terry, thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Terry. So, uh, Karen, I know we're coming up with the break. I mean, you met Terry on the island for the first time, and, and do you consider her a uh, reliable witness? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's definitely genuine. Yeah, she's down to earth. That's what I really uh, enjoyed. And her husband, uh, Russell, uh, is quite the the guy, too, as well. I mean, he, he was the lighthouse keeper uh, during that time. And it's really cool because they used to have to buy, like, a month's worth of groceries. Can you imagine yeah, that? Yeah. And, and not only did they buy it, but they have to haul it from the, the store to the boat and then from the boat onto the island and then from one end of the island all the way over to the other end. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, is it a pretty far walk from one end to the other? Karen, how long do you think it is? Like uh, a little under 10 minutes, maybe? Yeah, but oh, it's... Like, was it like a half mile or a quarter mile? It's, I think it's uh, three-quarters of a mile, I believe. I'm not exactly sure. It's somewhere between a half and three-quarters. Yeah. Um, you know, Ron, you get me a little nervous because, you know, we didn't bring that much food. And then when the storm came in, Terry told us that they had been stuck out there at times for... Weeks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was we were going to start after rationing everything. <laughs> Ration the food out. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I hear the uh, music coming up, so uh, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, Karen, you going to hang on, hang on with us? Yeah, sure, I'll stay on. Okay, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles, Book of Shadows, with Kelly Spangler and New England's own band, Helsing, Ron Kolick. And we're right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. 
founded by Salem witches Sean Poirier and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you circles of wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more located on route 28 in downtown andover massachusetts we carry a large selection of books and music crystals and gemstones jewelry and gifts sage aromatherapy and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with uh, Kelly, Kelly Spangler, Salem Witch. Um, also joining us is Paranormal Investigator Karen Ruck. And, of course, she was truly the humble Mr. Van Helsink. Anyways, uh, I'm trying to find a number for Jim. Looks like uh, they're having a problem reaching him. Uh, Jim Stonia will be on shortly with some EVPs that he captured. But uh, one of the interesting things uh, that happened uh, was Saturday night. Uh, Do you remember that? I know you were pretty tired, Karen. (laughs) Are you talking about the psychic circle? Yeah, the psychic Ward. circle. Well, <laughs> well, the first thing we did was the, was the glass swirling, right? Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, do you remember too much about? Uh, you were dead. You were like a walking zombie at that I time. Was, yeah, I was completely drained. I was exhausted. The coffee did not help at all. Mm, <laughs> neither did I. <laughs> yeah. But, so uh, the first thing we did was uh, I, I try to remember who we made contact with uh, in the uh, glass swirling. I know that there was a, a man that died. Uh, he used to be a volunteer, and he wanted to thank Sherry, who was there at the time. Um, and I think that's all. But Stephen, right? Stephen Sullivan, I believe it was. I can't remember the last name. I know he's on the plaque. That's all I know. Yeah, and uh, that was interesting. And then, I can't remember, somebody else did come through. And then, so anyways, uh, Sherry and a couple of them wanted to do the Ouija board, and that did not, uh, you know, nothing was really happening with that. And uh, let me ask Kelly that. I mean, you've done the Ouija board before, right, Kelly? Oh, yeah. A lot. Yep. A lot. Do you ever find it... (laughs) Do you ever find a time that it doesn't work, where you don't get anything at all? Oh, absolutely. How about if you're sitting in a room with a recorder and you're doing an EVP session? You're not guaranteed to get something every time. It's so the same true. With a, it's the same with a Ouija board. I feel it's the same kind of uh, tool. Uh, call it old school compared mm. to new school. 
you know, um, you know, sitting there with a Ouija board and, and asking questions and hoping that a spirit's going to come through and talk to you. And you use the, you do the same thing with the voice recorders. Um, so yeah, I, I there's been many times where I would work a Ouija board with someone, and we're sitting there and nothing's happening, or it will swirl around and never hit a letter, or it would just you know it's just not making sense. Um, but there has been times when the board would not even work. No really? one to talk. Basically, that's what that means. No one's there to speak. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me ask you this too: Do you find that some people, and and I don't mean this, uh, it's going to come out weird. I know it is. Do you feel that uh, that some people are more, mm, what's the word I'm looking at, that, that it works better with them than other people? Hmm. Well, I I I think it. it you know what? I don't I don't I don't think it, it matters who uses it. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in, it, but as far as like someone blocking the energy, absolutely that can happen. It's kind of like if I was doing a reading with someone and they're standing there and their arms are crossed and they, they say, read me. And I'm, and I'm like, well, you, you really need to uncross your body because you're blocking me. Sometimes people will go into a Ouija board session, a non-believer, a total skeptic, and don't even care to believe that it's going to work. And so they'll prevent the energy from coming in unwilling, un- unknowingly. Right. And yeah. and do you well do you find also that there are some people who shouldn't do the Ouija board and and that they're they have a fear of it and perhaps those people shouldn't be doing it? Yeah, I mean there's some people that will uh, want to use the Ouija board. Um, they're really scared to do it, but they're going to do it anyway. They're very vulnerable. Um, so w- what happens is uh, you know it it can affect them a little bit more than it would affect anyone else. And most likely you'll be the target of the conversation on the board um, because they can, the spirit can feel that you're, you're, you're nervous, just like a dog can feel you're nervous. You know, same, same kind of energy there. You know, so if someone's, you know, weak in a way, I want to say, um, then absolutely they're going to get targeted on the board and uh, they shouldn't use it because they, they, they can bring something in they may not want. Okay. So, anyways, I understand that, and we now have uh, Jim Stonio with us. Uh, Jim, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, and uh, Jim is the EVP specialist for the New England Ghost Project, and he also uh, accompanied us here this past weekend at our Wood Island Lighthouse Expedition, and and once in the past as well. Yeah, that's correct, and I'm still shaking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, I would, I would be too if I was locked in an attic with Karen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been, could have been worse. You could have been up there too. Uh, <laughs> touche, my friend. Touche. Karen's fine. <laughs> so, um, we actually talked a little bit earlier about uh, the attic uh, because I, I didn't know that uh, we, we've always had some neat experiences up there. And uh, um, Terry, who's uh, the lighthouse keeper's wife, when she was there, they, when they they used to find the uh, oil pens up in the attic, which I did not know, the ones that, that we used to write on the walls by the spirit. So, yeah. Um, when you, when you were up there, did you experience thing anything at all? This time, not much at all. Uh, there was yeah, I've been listening in, so there was that photo that uh, Leslie took, two mm-hmm. shots, one after the other, one shot 
had a mist in it, but uh, the attic wasn't that exciting. What do you think, Karen? No, not really. Did you get anything on the EVPs? Did you listen to them no, later? Nothing discernible. Nothing like the ones we got on Friday night. Yeah, Friday night was cool. And speaking yeah. about that, I, I think we have those with us. Uh, okay. Let me see if uh, let me see if I can have Anna cue those for us. Uh, Anna, do you can we play the uh, EVPs? Okay, and she's cueing those. So let her rip. Thank you. Uh oh, that's not sounding good. Okay, uh, can you bring up the volume on those, Anna, and, and play those again, please? Help you. You get to sign it. You get to. You get to. Okay, so we're actually losing the EVP on that. All right, so that didn't work out good. All right. So, uh, anyways. Hang on, just, let me try. Let me try plan B here. Okay. Uh, talk about stuff. I'll get it going here. <laughs> okay. So, so you're gonna play. The the problem with the EVP and, and um, if you do have is sometimes if the volume is so low that the uh, computer the server won't pick it up. So it just thinks it's noise and so forth, and it it, it blocks it out. So. Um, Okay, so, Anna, why don't you try that again, the new one, who's there? Do you like all these people coming here, or do you like the voice of I'm not sure what I'm. Is, is that the whole? Is that someone talking at the same time? I'm not. I'm not sure what. I'm not making it out. Okay. So, well, go ahead. Okay, let me explain. What's going on, Kelly? Is at the beginning you hear me speaking, and okay. then you hear one voice go, "Who's there?" A second voice goes, "Check it out," and then there's a third voice which we haven't been able to decode yet. But uh, okay. and then it repeats two more times after that, after a pause. And uh, all that was done to that recording was the first, the volume of the first one was brought down, and the volume of the second one was brought up. So uh, maybe we try it again. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Uh, play it again, Anna. Like I got that, though. Yeah, I got the chills. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, were you able to straighten it out on your engine, whether your plan B? Uh, no, that that sounded as good as my end would have been. My end would have been holding it up to the phone, so whatever you okay. did was better. 
Right. And the, the, the thing, what happened on that is we were up in uh, the master bedroom, Terry's room, and uh, that was the room she actually ran into the ghost. And I, and I believe the voice on that is is mine on that one. Do you like us being here? I, I could be wrong on that one, Jim, though. No, uh, so that but, would be wrong. Yeah. And uh, you, you hear a voice that says, uh, who's there? And then there's another voice, which is not the same as the first one. It says, check it out. And then there's a third uh, piece that's captured, but we can't uh, decipher it all. But <clears throat> right, that's true. But th- then there was a- another um, interesting EVP we captured. And uh, do you have that one? You can play through your phone, Jim. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, give okay. me a minute. All right. So anyway, anyways, uh, maybe Anna, do you have the uh, David one to play? Let's try. Let's try to see if that comes through. Anna. Can you get to the sign? Can you get to the? Can you get to the? Yeah, that was pretty clear. Said David. Did you hear that, Kelly? No. Oh, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart. Can we play it one more time? Can we play that one more time, Anna? Anna? Can you get to the sign? Can you get to the sign? Can you get to the Uh, the recorder I was using is a DR60. Uh-huh. It's an old Panasonic one. If anyone's ever used them, you you know that the voices are very scratchy and almost unintelligible, even if it was me speaking into it. And but you hear that voice is very clear. Very clear. And it's the only time I've ever heard a voice that clear in a DR60 is when it was a uh, an EVP. I heard it one other time, and it was uh, another. Uh, EVP specialist. I know Mike Sullivan, who got uh, Laura on his recorder. You heard his voice speaking with all the normal DR60 scratchy, unintelligible noise, and then very clearly came through Laura. So uh, this was a, non, a good example, a good catch. Unfortunately, it, it, yeah, it was really cool when you heard it, and um, it, like like you said, it, it's not that like you heard the other ones how they were on the higher range. This is a very deep voice. This is David. David. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, was kind of cool. Um, and I'm trying to think of the, the name. Uh, we made contact. Do you remember, Karen, do you remember how we made contact with this spirit? Uh, yeah, because we went back and did the Ouija board. Oh, we did the in Ouija board. In that room. Yep. And he spelled out his name, David Thomas. Right, it was T-O-M-A-S, no H in it, it was T-O-M-A-S. Right. And he came through pretty strong. He was, he was pretty adamant about the information he was giving us, but one key info I thought was neat was he did 1786, and on Sunday, Jim had a shirt on that said 1786. Yeah, which is kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. a coincidence, but it was kind of neat. And one other little coincidence is, I know you're no, going to mention this one. Kelly, <laughs> you, you and Karen know that no matter how long he's known you, Ron doesn't get your name right all the time. 
No, he doesn't. Right. So Ron called me. Ron called me something. I don't know what it was, and I, I answered him, and what, the name that popped into my head when I answered him was David. Yeah, joking around, and that was before we heard the EVP before the Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually call him George. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of interesting as well. And uh, David Thomas, uh, you know, I mean, we, we had we. Oh, the other oh, we forgot all about that. The third thing, which on the Ouija board as well, spelled out Karen's name. And the interesting thing about Karen is Karen doesn't know how to spell her name properly. She spells it with an I. <laughs> well, Carrie, Terry was also on the board, and she had no idea that I had a different spelling as well. Right. And, and it came in as K-A-R-I-N, and this was the spirit talking to us. And uh, I, I forget the, what, the, what the exact question was at the time. Uh, you know, we could go back and check the recordings. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and even you, and I, I looked at you because uh, I knew what it was, and, and she didn't, uh, but Karen did, and she was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy when I saw your name. And then I think it, we were asking how it got through or something, and it, it said door. And we're right. oh, yeah, that's thinking right. it was coming through the closet door. Right. That, that's the whole thing where this came about, is, is that area where uh, Terry had run into that spirit, where actually had bumped into yeah. it. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, if, it, almost as a portal. Um, if there is such a thing, it, it seemed like it was, it was there, Kelly. Do you believe in portals, Ke- uh, Kelly? Yes. Okay, so a portal being a doorway to the other side. Yes, I believe they are, they are portals, vortex, whatever you want to call it. it. It's definitely an area where spirits are easily to come through. Yep. So, I mean, that was all cool. And, uh, Jim, do you remember any any other experiences that you had there, either this investigation or the previous one? Well, I do. Yeah, I got a couple things. I do remember one part of the boardwalk where I'm like a psychic brick. But uh, there was one part that every time I went through it, I had this heaviness in my head and, you know, got a headache. And that doesn't normally happen. And I guess it turned out to be the place Maureen had an issue in 2005. I think you told me that later. Mm-hmm. And one other thing is we we did that. What was the board we did, Karen? I'm not going to ask Ron because he'll get the name wrong. Spirit <laughs> Boy. Spirit what Circle. There we go. Spirit Circle. Actually, Leslie's, I, in the, Leslie's in the chat room. Hi, Leslie. And she could tell us what's, what the board is called. I think it's called Spirit Circle. Psych- yeah, Psychic Circle. Psychic circle, there you go. There we go. That's a fun boy. One of the names that came up, you guys contacted Scud the Pirate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, let's go on. This is after after we, and I was going to bring this up a little later, but we can bring it up now. Oh, is that, uh, no, no, it's okay. Um, is, is yeah, after the after we attempted to, well, not me, but uh, some of the people attempted to do the Ouija board and they had no luck with it, uh, we decided to uh, bring out... Uh, Leslie's game, and she hates when I call it a game. She says it's a tool, not a game, but anyway. Um, so she uh, she brought that out, and we had uh, we had a couple people on it. And once again, nothing was going on with it as well. And then finally, I believe Karen, Leslie, uh, Sherry from Wood Island, and myself went on it. And yeah, then you woke all, me up. 
Yeah, I know you were woken up. I mean, you were a zombie, but we needed that. We needed that fourth person kidding you with it. So anyway, uh, the interesting thing about that is is that um, we did start getting things, and a pirate came through, and, and he gave us his name, and, and he told us where treasure was buried, and all this, and it was Spanish gold, and all this thing. So the name that came through was Scott. So Jim went back, and, and what happened, Jim? I, I did a quick search on the internet, you know, Google, and there was a pirate surgeon, Peter Scudamore, and he was actually the first, I guess the pirates would capture these surgeons and not force them to sign the pirates' articles or whatever they had to sign. They didn't have to join. They just had to serve out some time on the ship, then they were released. But Scudamore was the first one to uh, sign the pirates' articles, so he wanted to become a pirate, and he was later hanged. But uh, I wonder if that could have been that Scud we communicated with. All right. Scott Stevens from uh, Scotland, just uh, I noticed in the uh, Tojinet chat room, said that the word Scud in Scotland means naked. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe he oh, wanted us to get. Maybe he wanted us to get naked, and we we weren't we weren't getting it. Yeah. Okay. No. The the other interesting thing is that. When, when I did get when I did get back, uh, I also did some research as well, and I found a newspaper article uh, stating that Spanish gold, which they told us was buried, the, the spirit psychic circle, whatever the hell it was, uh, told us was buried on the island, was found in Biddeford uh, back in the 30s in uh, Spanish gold. So uh, you know, here we had some stuff that didn't make any sense at all. And yet we were able to find a couple of little pieces of interesting evidence that maybe this isn't as crazy as it sounds. Don't you agree? I think so. I, I agree, yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think you know, Sherry wants to get her shovel out. <laughs> so let me, let me talk to Kelly. I mean, have you ever had experiences like this as, as well, Kelly? Where they, where the, where the spirit gave you specific information, or wanted you to find stuff or whatever. Yes, yes. Oh, I have a really good one. Uh-huh. All right. My mother had passed away in 2004, and I was, I was staying at her house. I was recently separated from my husband. At the time, it was probably about what three, four months, and my mother passed away. And um, I'm in a, I'm at her house, and I'm living there with my daughter, my brother, and you know, I'm, I'm doing the Ouija board by myself. You know, and I wanted to contact my mother. So she came out, and uh, she told me to give Vic. Now, Vic was one of my best, well, still was a best friend of mine, old school friend of mine, um, to give Vic the gold watch that is in her room under the blue, how was it, a blue sheet or something like that, it said. Now, Vic spelled her name kind of like the same thing with Karen. She didn't spell it V-I-C-K. I mean, she spelled it V-I-C-K, but my mother always spelled it V-I-C. And that's exactly how it was spelled on the board, V-I-C. Uh-huh. So, uh, and also with that, also um, other things happened that night with the board, but it was strange. So the next day, I go in my mother's room, and I, it wasn't a blue sheet, but it was something blue. I move it. There's a little box with a gold watch in it. So really? I gave that. So I gave that to my friend Vic. I go, Vic, you're not going to believe this story, but I was doing a Ouija board. 
my mother said your name. She spelled it the way you would, she would spell it. And she told me to give you this watch. I found the watch underneath a blue thing. That wasn't the sheet that she said, but it, and gave it to her. And she still has it to this day. Um, that was pretty cool because she, she actually came out and said, you know, where it was, what it was under, you know. So that was that was pretty cool. So, I mean, they do get these messages across at, at times, I guess is what it seems. So even though some stuff sounds ludicrous at the time or, or far-fetched, it, it's good to document it and uh, do some research. You never know what you're going to find. I mean, so my anyways, but that was the coolest one. And what we found Saturday morning on the doorstep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? You want to tell him, Karen? You can, you can tell. Okay, we found uh, a seagull head. It, you know, it was all dried and small and shriveled, but it was a seagull head and was sitting on the middle step pointing into the house. Oh, wow. Yeah. What does that mean, Kelly? <laughs> uh, it means he lost his head. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I just, Ron, I just found something else interesting. Yeah. yeah that's, I found a copy of the Lewiston Evening Journal from April 21st, 1924, and it talks about a Scudamore being tried for murder in Boston, a pirate. Really? So it looks like Scud could have been up in the area. Well, we have definitely got to uh, do some more research on this and, and find that gold for for uh, Sherry in the Wood Island Lighthouse. But um, it looks like we're just about out of time for you guys, so I, I want to say uh, thank you very much, Jim, for coming on, and uh, I'm sorry your EVPs didn't come through as, as good as they did in uh, real life, uh, but that's radio, unfortunately. Yeah. So, Jim, uh, thank you very much, and it was a pleasure... Uh, Working with you. There's the pizza. Pizza's here, so it's it's time to go. So, Jim, see you later. Bye. Bye, Jim. Bye, Jim. And, Karen, I I guess I have to say goodbye to you as well. So, uh, yeah, we're just about uh, out of the time with this thing, and I've got to get a couple of announcements in. So, Karen, thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting weekend, and happy birthday, too. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Happy birthday. Bye, Karen. Bye. All right. So that show kind of flew by. (laughs) I actually had a couple other things I wanted to get up, but I I didn't. Um, Kelly, uh, before we leave, anything you want to uh, promote or anything uh, you want to mention? Uh, Oh, I guess. I am am open for readings, uh, you know, all week in in, – so if they want to, anyone's looking for a reading, they can go to my website at kellyspengler.com. Um, mm-hmm. Also, don't forget, I'm available in October, all month long, uh, during the week by my website. And on the weekends, go to Omen Psychic Pile at 184 Essex Street. I'll be there from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays. There you go. And uh, your website, for if anybody wants to get in touch with you about paranormal investigating. Yep, and they can go to SalemSpiritSeekers.com, and that's my paranormal website. Okay. I have a couple things I want to mention. Of course, uh, the big one is the Paranormal CSI, which I'm teaching at Northern Essex Community College, uh, starts on September 27th. I do believe there's a couple openings left in that. I'm I'm not quite sure. I haven't... uh, 
talk to them in a little bit. But uh, so go to the Northern Essex website, or, or you can go on the, the NEGP website, and the link is there, which is the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, NEGhostProject.com. Uh, also, you and I are doing spectral evidence this year, which is going to be fantastic, uh, along with the blonde bombshell if she comes out of uh, hiding. And uh, we'll be at the Hawthorne Hotel on October 20th, and you can go on Festival of the Dead and get your tickets there. Uh, once again, go to the IndieGhostProject.com website, and the link is there as well. And then, of course, what's that? And it's also on my website. There you go. And you and I are doing an event at the uh, Hooten Mansion on November 3rd as well. November 3rd, we'll be together again. Yeah. So, there you go. And uh, I guess that's it. So, good night and God bless everyone. Thanks for listening. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-legged beasties. Chances are, you didn't give birth to Einstein. So why are you trying to raise your child to be like him?